0: And I believe that that's
1: really why you're here Christ died for us History Makers Hi and welcome to History Makers I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with Rob Stewart Who's the minister at St. Matthew's West Pimble Anglican Church And uh, we had a chance to go to Israel together recently, had an amazing time. Welcome to the program, Rob. How are you, mate? I am very well, thank you, Matt, and uh, very, very nice to chat again. It's great to hear your voice, mate. Now, let's uh, get a bit of your background story. So whereabouts were you born and raised, and what was life like for you as a young fella?
0: I was born and raised in Sydney, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's where I'm from, but I actually spent an awful lot of time up in Queensland because my father's family all came from there, and mm-hmm. my mum's family all went up there. So uh, when I was little, I used to spend quite a bit of time in Kilcoy, which is just up uh, uh, a couple of hours out of Brisbane, and then uh, I used to spend most of the summer holidays in, um, uh, with my grandparents in Kenmore, mm-hmm. and uh, we had family sprinkled around, and I still have family sprinkled around up there now, so it was uh, it was wonderful.
1: Fantastic. And uh, was there an age where you became a Christian, or was it just a gradual thing?
0: Uh, I was sent to Sunday school from the age of four, and it was it was something that mum and dad just did. They didn't come to church with me, but they, they sent me with a neighbour. And so I went through Sunday school, and I didn't enjoy it one little bit. I used to sit up the back. I didn't like the songs. I, I engaged a little bit with the stories if there was a chance to be given a a prize or something. But it wasn't until I went to high school, and in year seven there was the option of doing Scripture. Now, I had about 200 fellow classmates across the year, and of those 200-plus, only 8 or 10 of us put a hand up for Scripture. I still don't know why. (laughs) And this elderly lady used to come in and take four of us, and another lady took the other four or five. And over the year, all she did was, was gently tell us about who Jesus is and what he did. And as it came to the end of the year, she she said to us, next week is our last lesson. I've talked to you about Jesus all the year. I've talked to you about what he did when he came and lived, when he died on the cross for us, and when he rose again to life. And he wants you to be his friend. He wants to be your savior, but you have to respond. And so she said, go away and think about it and work out whether you want to do that. So I did. I I went away and I I thought about it and and I came to the conclusion that I never not believed if I could use a double negative but that wasn't uh, that wasn't really belief it just kind of made sense and so when we went back the next week I have no idea what anyone else said now but um, I said to her Mrs Moore um, I do I I want Jesus to come into my life and so uh, we prayed and I was expecting a bolt of lightning or something incredible and and nothing felt felt different and uh, she she had prayed that that I would uh, put my trust in Jesus that that he would take my sins away that he fill me with his spirit and that I would trust in him and I can still remember going to German class the very next lesson and thinking did anything really happen but the wonderful thing was um, slowly and bit by bit um, God awakened uh, a love uh, for him and a love for his word and, and a longing to follow Jesus. And so, yeah, that was, that was back when I was 12.
1: Amazing uh, to hear you know, the, the influence of Sunday school teachers and scripture teachers. You, just, you can never underestimate uh, the impact they have on the younger generation. And so tell us a bit about your journey from there. Um, uh, obviously, you, you, you finished school. Uh, what did you do straight after school?
0: After school, I went to uni and I, I studied and became a lawyer and so I worked in law for a couple of years, but I'd never wanted to do that for any length of time. I really wanted to either go, even at high school, I just had this desire to go to China actually as a, as a missionary. Uh, but after a couple of years working, uh, I went to college and more college and started the process then of becoming a minister. But it all fell apart in the, second, the beginning of the second year with my health, and so that then... Led to a, a decade, a little bit in the wilderness in in terms of, I was I was at home a lot, either unable to work or working part time, and then then built up slowly so that by the end of the 90s uh, I got um, a a job at Anglicare, and that's like the the Home Mission uh, Society of the the Anglican Diocese down in Sydney. I had been working at TAFE for a few years before then, which was an incredibly uh, amazing provision because the hours uh, that, that, that that we worked I was able to cope with not much else but by the end of the 90s I was working uh, full time and then uh, the church we were at which is St Matthews at West Pimble we were looking for an assistant minister and I, I ended up being asked by some of the the uh, people at church to put my hat in the ring and so that that took us a couple of weeks of real soul searching because I I really thought that this was a door that the Lord had closed and in the end we we said okay and went through the interview process and we were saying look please don't give us this give me this role if because you feel look you know we know Rob we 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 don't want to uh, have to say no to him that would be hard and embarrassing because I, I was very happy at Anglicare and we were going to stay at church no matter what but in the end, that the the offer was made and so I left Anglicare and I'm in my 11th year on staff now at St. Matt's and I'm the Associate Minister here. So it's it's been really wonderful to get into pastoral ministry and I just love and feel incredibly privileged to be in these situations where one-to-one and in groups and in congregations to be able to to share about Jesus and to walk with people in in what that looks like day to day in the the reality of life and uh, to see uh, the difference His grace makes.
1: So, mate, let's just backtrack a bit. So you mentioned that you wrestled with some health issues there for a while. There's a lot of people that go through a real valley experience with their health. I've had um, some pretty serious health issues several years ago and thankfully recovered and and doing well. But do do you mind sharing with us what kind of health issues you were struggling with?
0: Yeah, sure. I... I, uh... I had chronic fatigue syndrome, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, was still called yuppie flu at that time. And and we were trying to work out what had happened because I I went from being energetic and engaged. I had glandular fever, never quite recovered from it. And then uh, with this chronic fatigue, just just went completely uh, downhill. So I wasn't able to, uh, in the early days, work very much. Uh, I spent a lot of time in bed and I had an incredibly wonderful uh, boss who I'd worked for as a solicitor before going to college and he took me back on uh, at an increased salary and I would only go in and that that first year uh, uh, for three days a week and I really didn't contribute much I mean he was just being gracious I I didn't have a client load I was just really helping out with the practice. Uh, I, I found that what I went through was that that whole soul searching. Lord, have I done something wrong? That um, that this has happened. Uh, is is there something that 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 I haven't um, I haven't done that you've wanted? I, I don't understand it. Um, people don't. Uh, they they think that if I just got out of the house more and did a bit of exercise, it would all go away. Um, others said it's all in your mind. Uh, I also was was diagnosed with sleep apnea at the time too, and so I went on one of those. Uh, machines which which helped but it was a a long journey out of that and then and then I've had a a few other problems um, just just with um, uh, the heart atrial fibrillation and and just some other things so it it's been it's been a bit of a a journey and and even at the moment I've got something um, which is which is meant um, with a a nerve neurological pain a a nerve problem in my leg so it's I keep coming back to that verse in two Corinthians twelve, where Paul pleads for the thorn in his flesh to be removed, and and Jesus says, "My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness." And I just think, Lord, uh, it, it feels like weakness all the time, um, but please, um, can you have your way?
1: Mm. Well, mate, yeah, we've, we've all wrestled with, with different kind of sicknesses over the years. I'm sure uh, a lot of our listeners can relate to what you're saying. And what a great attitude you've got uh, that you're just trusting in the Lord and, you, you know, his grace is sufficient for you in the midst of whatever circumstances you go through. You still put the Lord as number one. And what a great testament that is. And uh, you actually just reminded me. So our first encounter when we met, I remember, uh, I was on the plane uh we'd, we'd met at Bangkok Airport and we were on our way to uh, uh, LL Israel Airlines. We are on our way to Israel. And I remember seeing a guy a couple of seats ahead of me. And he had this mask on that looked a little bit like Darth Vader, and I saw a couple of people walk past and go, "What is going on here?" And uh, mate, how did you go getting that thing through customs? Huh?
0: I know it looked like a little uh, incendiary device, didn't it? Uh, and, and the battery pack looked even worse. So. <laughs> no, they they didn't they didn't uh, raise an eyebrow in the end. Mm. They um, I had to have a letter saying I I, I, I needed it, mm-hmm. but uh, it was. It worked brilliantly on the flight when we came home that that first l air one oh, i yeah. got six hours sleep i'm still <laughs> i cannot believe that um, it uh not not so good on the way over, but I know. <laughs> It looks, it looks so ugly. Um, my wife is always thankful the light's off when I put it on.
1: So. <laughs> well, mate, it's great to hear that you're sleeping well and uh, things are working out for you. Now, mate, um, we've got to talk about Israel. What an amazing 10 days uh, we oh, spent yeah. together. There was about 11 ministers, uh, a few Jewish men, and mm. we just spent the week together on a minibus traveling around all the holy sites. Uh, we saw the Sea of Galilee. Uh, we saw uh, the, the place where the, the Sermon on the Mount was preached. Uh, we got a chance to go down the Via Rosa and the old city of Jerusalem, the, the, the Wailing Wall, uh, the Garden Tomb. Oh, the memories are coming back yeah. to me now. Um, <laughs> mate, just tell us a little bit about um, how you've been impacted since your trip to Israel.
0: It was one of those amazing things. It all happened with about a six-week lead time for me one one of the things i would heard people say who'd been is it, it doesn't change your faith but what it does is it really brings things to life mm. and and i i just have to say uh, i'm i'm still processing it because it was such an incredibly special time i i was blown away by i love the fact that there were uh, three uniting church ministers and and well uh, four because uh rob's wife was there there were from Pentecostal ministers, uh, one Baptist minister, one Church of Christ minister, one Catholic priest, and me, an Anglican, and then we had uh, Stephen from Melbourne, who was uh, our travel agent, and he was Jewish. And then we had Joe and Azam our driver, who were both Jewish. And it was it was just an amazing time. I, I just thought I I could not imagine um, getting to know a group of people so quickly, mm. and just it just being so so special to actually share it with, with everyone. Mm. So uh, it's impacted me because uh, it's funny, I, I think of the things that, um, that we've, we've seen and experienced. So, for example, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at a sermon at the moment uh, where the, the woman washes Jesus' feet with her tears and then dries them with her hair and pours perfume. And, and we went to this dinner on the Sabbath with a Jewish family, and we're told afterwards, of course, that her hair was all covered up by that wig, and that her hair was only let down for her husband to see. And you, and you think of the shock that would have happened when this woman back in Jesus' day uh, uncovers her hair to to wipe Jesus' uh, feet, and 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 the just the the incredible. Um, you get that sense of of being able to 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 really see what it was like in the Holy Land, and and it just brings. Uh, the Bible uh, just gives a new light. So when we think of the Jordan River, when we think of Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, when we look at that little boat that they got out of the, the mud around the side 20 years ago, which is dated to Jesus, uh, uh, the first century, not to Jesus himself, but to that first century, uh, when, when when you look at the, the mountains of Jordan in the distance, well, as he said, where we look down from the eight-sided church to see where Jesus taught, and the Sermon of the Mount and, and you just can see uh, the images of what it must have looked like with the, the crowds just surrounding him um, I love too looking at the stones on the floors of some of the churches rather than the incredible mosaics above just thinking of the people whose feet uh, had had walked there and, and I think too I was really struck when we went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre there was that that stone near the entrance that was supposed to be you know where jesus the place where he'd been prepared for burial that impacted me with sadness seeing people lying down and putting items on it and we were told that they chipped bits of rock to take back home in the sense that there'd be any magical power or anything uh, like that any superstition that would be able to be used rather than than to to know god's love mm. in in his 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 grace in jesus and so i found it confronting mm. um very confronting and in in so many ways it mm. just uh, just made me realize it's not the places um that that, that make anything real it's it's the fact that, that that god sent jesus and so to actually walk and and when we went down and just walked past the pool of Siloam quickly as we went into the tunnels down the very bottom of the old Jerusalem, yeah. And you think this has just been uncovered in the last few years, yeah. Um, and you look and where the man wiped uh, washed off the mud when Jesus healed him, and and seeing where King David's old Jerusalem was, and and you get that sense uh, of. Of, you know, of the history 3,000 years ago, he was king there. Mm. I mean, I, I just, it, it's, I, and I love reading, you know, and you think, I went there. Mm. I went to that place. I know what the countryside looks like. Mm. Um, that, yeah, I just find it amazing.
1: Well, it's mind-blowing to hear you uh, describe all those places. I can picture them as you say (laughs) them, Rob, Uh, and I'm sure uh, all of the other guys that went on the trip uh, have uh, been through the same, and I think we're all going back at some stage, taking a team with us uh, from our churches as well, which I'm looking forward to very much. Uh, Now, mate, uh, the other thing before we go, you've mentioned about how you came to Christ when you were 12. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've just been talking about how uh, you know, people shouldn't be worshipping uh, the rock that Jesus' uh, was body was laid on. They should be worshipping the rock Jesus Christ in a personal relationship. Mm. Um, mm. Mate, would you just share with our listeners, there might be some that aren't Christians, that haven't yet asked Jesus uh, to be the Lord and Saviour. Would you just, just, mm. just speak to them, just how would they do that right now?
0: Absolutely. I think the most wonderful message is that, that God has not left us alone, and every religion in the world is one whereby there's this sort of effort to bridge the gap between us and God, whether it's by trying to live a good life or trying to trying to do what we think is right and ethical. But the reality is when, when people put a store in that, that somehow when we die that God's going to say, oh, I'm so pleased you tried your hardest, come on into heaven. He, he's not going to do that because what he wants is a relationship with us. He, he didn't send Jesus to deliver a letter saying, be good and try your hardest in life and that's enough. He sent Jesus to say, I love you so much, I'm not leaving you alone. You've got a problem inside, and, and when we use the word sin, it's not that, that you just do the odd bad thing, you tell a lie here, uh, you, you, you cheat on your tax return there, you, you speed through a light, or you cut someone off at a roundabout, or you cranky at your kids. It's, it's so much deeper than that. There's something in us that, that, that we realize isn't right, that there's a longing for life to be otherwise and so God sends Jesus and say, he says Jesus is going to take all that stuff all the sin all the stuff that, that, that just that keeps us alienated and alone he's going to take that on himself and he's going to take the punishment for that on the cross and in return he's going to give us his righteousness so all we have to do is come before god and we can say as clumsily it doesn't matter but as clumsily as our words may sound we say father i know i have wandered a long way from you i know that life is not the way i wanted it to work out i know that i cannot know you on my own and i can never please you on my own thank you that jesus came to bring me back to you i accept him into my life and i thank you for your forgiveness and I just want to trust in you from this day on.
1: Mate that is such good news and from spending 10 days with you in Israel I know that you're not just a man that talks the talk you walk the walk. I know you really do love the Lord and uh, you had a real heart for others on the trip too which I could really see you've got that pastoral heart which is uh, just such an inspiration to see. So we've been talking with Rob Stewart from St Matthew's Anglican Church in West Pimble in Sydney and uh, mate it's been so good to catch up with you today and I've got to say too um, we had a bit of a running gag throughout the trip where uh, we'd be having this beautiful meal together, beautiful main course and then every now and then Rob would put his hand to his ear and he'd go, What's that sound? Oh I think that's dessert calling <laughs> and then we'd go and get some dessert. And I've gotta say I've been doing that almost every night at home and my wife just thinks it's hilarious too. So <laughs>
0: That's right. Without fail it's
1: all <laughs> <laughs> it's dessert calling. <laughs> uh, well mate it's been so good to catch up with you again and uh, maybe we'll catch up some other time, maybe next year in Jerusalem, huh? That would be fantastic, Matt, next year in Jerusalem. God bless you, Rob. Thanks, mate. Bless you, too. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history?
0: History Makers.
1: Order your flash drive with 20 of the best History Makers interviews now at historymakers.tv for just $19.95. All proceeds will help History Makers Radio and TV share the gospel all around the world. Order now at station sponsor, historymakers.tv. You'll hear interviews from Mark Burnett, producer of the Bible series and Survivor. Musicians like Paul Coleman, Mark Schultz and George McCardle from the Little River Band. Also Kate Brax, winner of MasterChef 2011, former Olympian Elka Whalen, and many more. Order now at historymakers.tv.